Hello and welcome to a very special Resident Evil podcast where we are making a gracious return to the world of audio commentaries. Yes, we know people have been waiting for this for a long time, but we have finally made it to Resident Evil Damnation, arguably one of the best CGI productions that Capcom have made, certainly certainly one of the most memorable. And joining us for the audio commentary, we have Stars Tyrant. Hello. And we are very honoured to be joined by an actual actor from Resident Evil Damnation, Val Tasso. Hello, everybody. Val Tasso, for everyone who is unaware, voiced and mo-capped JD, one of the uh, cool characters from, from Damnation. So we're going to take the opportunity to interview slash talk about some of his scenes and, uh, you know, just get a general feel. So for the first time ever, Damnation is probably going to get a proper audio commentary with someone who worked on the film, which is so exciting. So I'm really happy and delighted you could join us, Val. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for the invite. No worries. No, I'm 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 really pleased. So, um, as a reminder to everyone who wants to uh, join along, this is an audio commentary of uh, Damnation. Obviously, for legal reasons, you, we don't have the video for it. But what you'll need to do is load up Resident Evil Damnation. Oh, I'm watching it on uh, you, uh, PAL Blu-ray. Sean, are you doing the same? I am, but the, the PAL NTSC thing isn't really a factor with Blu-ray, so it's fine. It's fine. Okay, fine. Yeah. There we go. Because, oh, uh, Val, you're watching it just on DVD, NTSC. So they maybe we'll we'll have to we'll have to see previous audio commentaries. For anyone knows, there can be a slight change, uh, perhaps with the DVD to the Blu-ray. I I don't know. I'm not sure we've had that issue, but we'll we'll come we'll come around to it. So as always, to you if you want to join along with us, you need to load up your copy of Damnation. And at the moment, we are all poi- uh, paused about two seconds in. So once you hit play. And the Capcom logo is about to kind of creep in. I think that's probably the best way of describing it. So you've got clips of um, games and whatnot. And so Capcom is about to gracious with the screens. And that's where we need to play. So that's where you need to load up now. And we'll um, we'll get ready. But before we do, I thought uh, Val will just quickly, uh, obviously apart from welcoming you to our, our little podcast. Um, did you want to take this opportunity just to give us a bit of a rundown of your, you know, of, of your acting career and how you ended up working on Biohazard Damnation? Well, it was an absolute honor, and I do mean an honor to work on this film and be part of a franchise like Biohazard, aka Resident Evil Damnation. Uh, honestly, got to say, out of the 21-year career I've had in uh, in Hollywood, this is my this is by far the greatest project I've ever worked on, and I hold it dear to my heart. This is the greatest character I've ever played. I've had the best time in the world playing the character, uh, and like I said, to be part of a franchise like Resident Evil is just absolutely amazing and i hold it dear to my heart and that's why i was so blessed to uh, get this invitation because i will do anything for the fans any especially for damnation fans i owe it to you if, and i am so honored for the invite and thank you very much for bringing me on board to be part of this uh commentary because like i said if it wasn't for the fans there wouldn't be a resident evil damnation existing even 10 years later because yeah the film is 10 years old now Mm. the fact that it's still relevant and it's still out there and fans still adore it and i still get a lot of uh fan mail through instagram and uh people really really love this franchise they love the film biohazard damnation and um yeah i'm just very blessed i don't know how much time you want me to spend on (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm talking about this. I mean, because I can, I could talk forever. I could talk about the casting process and how I got to it, and we can do all that kind of stuff. Or if you want to get straight to the film, well, but, well, I, I think it will naturally, naturally flow as we, um, as as we kind of go through it. So uh, there'll be there'll be moments we can just, you know, yeah, talk talk away. Absolutely. Okay, everyone. So if everyone is ready, we as so we're paused at about two seconds in. Uh, we're at the Capcom logo. Get ready. So if everyone gets ready and presses play, uh, and after was it after three, three, we'll do three, two, one, then go, and then and then we'll then we'll load up. So three, two, one, go. It's digital. I've got digital frontiers loaded up for me, so that's where I'm. Yeah, virtually just there. Fantastic. There we go. Ah, yes, the introduction, communism, the fall of the Iron Curtain. <laughs> yeah, I think we are actually on the exact same page. Excellent, so, good. <laughs> thinking up pretty good. And look, a map. I need to study that map. Look. Mm. So this is an Eastern Slav Republic, kind of made-up yep. country. Correct. Yeah, as you can tell, uh, there was no exact name of a country. Hmm. It was just maybe you guys can figure it out kind of deal. <laughs> it's an Eastern Slavic country. And we'll just leave the, it at that. You know, absolutely. And, and the, the series has done a lot of it, though. Um, we've mm. got like in Resident Evil 6, we've got Adonia. Uh, Resident Evil Village is set somewhere in Eastern Europe. It's, it's a very right. popular destination for Capcom. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. So we're kind of setting up the story here as being a, a civil war following the fall of the Iron Curtain. Um, Council of Elders, that's old. What's this? So, what's quite unique about this actually at the time was it was a war, um, something that is, is very rarely touched upon in, in, in the series, despite the fact that the whole point of what Umbrella and other companies make mm -hmm. is to sell to war. But this was the first time. We'd seen anything remotely resembling a war with with uh, BOWs and zombies and whatnot. So this was quite quite unique at the time. I think it kind of followed up a bit in six, though, didn't it, Sean? Really, with Edonia was kind of in that in that. Yeah, and, and obviously this was sold as the the big tie-in movie into six. Yeah, it was released shortly before um, Resident Evil Six came out, so it was a nice lead-in. Yes. It's a lo long build-up, isn't it? <laughs> it I was just—it's a pretty long build-up. They want you to. And what's interesting is that we've spoken with um, uh, a, a chap called Alex who wrote the book Itchy Tasty, and he's—he's he, spoken. He himself has spoken to a lot of the producers at Capcom, and told us how the CGI films. Are very. Uh, I'm not saying their own universe, but they are. Uh, they're, they're, the characters are almost copyrighted. So your character, for example, has never been mentioned or appeared as a playable character or anything like that. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. But apparently, it's because. But it's not. It's not just you. 
So in Degeneration, the kind of first one before, it's always Leon. Um, you know, there's a char- there's loads of characters that none of them have ever appeared since, and it's all to do with copyright. Yeah, that, yeah apparently so. Yeah, because I, I personally thought the JD character they could have done more with it. They could have taken mm. far if they wanted to. Yep. Video no, game. Absolutely. So much more you could have did with uh, JD. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. There's not going to be a sequel because uh, we know what happens at the end. <laughs> Do with we know J- JD's real name? Were we, ever, were we ever told that? His real name? Yeah. No, never. Yeah. Nope, it's just JD. Doesn't stand for anything. <laughs> There we go. It says Leon and Hunnigan. So this is a nice. So it can work the other way. So they can happily link in to video game characters, but seemingly from vid- uh, from CGI to video game, not allowed to happen. Right. You know what would have been great is a prequel, a prequel to. Uh... Bringing JD up, almost like having a film based around. I mean, I'm I'm speaking too high <laughs> character right now because maybe because uh, I would love to do another project, but um, that would have been great. You that know, would have been good. Another film that introduced JD and um, maybe showed you a little bit more character development and who he was, where he came from, mm. kind of stuff. But not do too much. You, do they give you much in terms of backstory to sort of base your performance on, or is that? No, with yourself much. and the director not, and whatnot. Not so much. Even when I auditioned for the character uh, in Los Angeles at uh, um, Bang Zoom Entertainment was the uh, casting company. Even when I was auditioning for it, they wouldn't even tell me the name of the film. It was Undisclosed Mo Cap Project. It was called, and they said uh, we're not, we can't even tell you the name of the movie. Um, you know, you have to sign a NDA, not disclosure agreement on any. Anything that you did at the audition, can't talk about it. And I still didn't even know the name of the project. I didn't even know what I was auditioning for. Um, but they told me the character. Um, <laughs> the only direction I got for the audition was uh, your character needs to be a uh, Slavic, hip-hop-loving character. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, come in and audition. <laughs> That's your research. Interesting. So... I've noticed straight away, because I've not actually seen this for quite a while, that the, the improvement of the CGI since Degeneration, Sean, very notable. I've definitely yeah, heard The only thing it could do with, um, Degeneration included, is it could do with remastering in 4K. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the only, that's the only sort of negative I can say with the image, but I mean, the animation, it was, you know, dramatically improved, really. And it's good to see Leon with a bit more human emotion because he is terrible in, degener- in, in Degeneration. He's like a plank of wood. But this, yeah, here he is. So this is quite a cool kind of... Oh, oh dear. Looks like someone's infected. <laughs> a scarecrow, that was it, yeah. <laughs> still with the quips, Leon. Still with the quips. Have you noticed though how like 
uh, Vendetta starts off quite similar in the sense, you know, dark, brooding, infection, before expanding quite significantly into action. You know, I didn't even realise the liquors got introduced this early. <laughs> yeah. That's... Ah, yeah. So these are these are beaters, aren't they? Yeah, basically modelled around ones in RE5, aren't they? Yeah. Yes, they are, yeah, yeah. Oh yes, oh yes, oh god, this brings back memories this. It was such a busy year twenty twelve. It really was. We had so much Resident Evil coming out that year. That um one forgets. Resilient little bugger, isn't he? The liquor, this one. Yeah, those particle effects, those smoke particle effects are pretty good, aren't they? The CJ is actually quite impressive. Mm. Uh, I will you on that. A, a huge difference from uh, Degeneration. Um, Some shots in Degeneration were, were live action. Mm-hmm. A couple of them, they kind of mixed it in a little bit. Oh, that was close. Is it, this is Ataman, isn't it? That is Ataman. Yeah. Be praised. <laughs> Fabulous uh, mocap actor. I will plug him, uh, Kirk Thornton. Please do, absolutely. Yeah. Kirk Thornton, uh, fantastic voiceover actor, video game director, and uh, played the mocap for this role here. Um, I think he did a pretty amazing job. And this sets up the mystery of the film straight away. It's like, okay, someone is controlling a liquor. Right. Obviously something the Jurassic Park franchise would do. (laughs) (laughs) Years to come. (laughs) Yeah, certainly the, the facial animation looks a bit better than it did in Degeneration. Just the lighting as well. Mm. The lighting's so much more natural in this one. Yeah. Oh, there's someone. There he is. <laughs> there you are. Yeah. So, yeah, the... Uh... As you know, the characters, uh, the mocap character of JD and, of course, all the other characters are based off our exact height, uh, weight. I mean, uh, our attributes are pretty much exactly so. I don't look like JD. I look nothing like him. (laughs) I don't have blonde hair. I have dark hair. Uh, I mean, but attributes-wise, that's and that's the biggest part of getting cast in a mocap role is just... Your attributes, right, related to the character. 
And here you are with Buddy. Buddy, yeah. Played by Dave Ernest, another fantastic mocap and voiceover actor. So did you record this with with Matthew Mercer and David at the same time, or were you separate booths or separate times? Separate times. They were so when we did the voiceover, or when I did my voiceover for JD, I was the only person. You, they're just recording JD, and then on a different day they'll record. Uh, uh, maybe they'll record Matthew Mercer, or they'll record right. Dave Ernest on a separate day. But none of us in the same booth. No. Okay. Did you find that easier or harder? So, because I know um, in a lot of these things that people like to bounce off one another. You know, that, that's actually a great uh, point, but um, it's much easier to just do it on your own. It's your lip syncing. There's so much that's, that goes into the voiceover aspect. You, um, you're watching yourself on a screen and you're, you're matching your lips. You know what I mean? So um, mm. it, it's way easier just to shoot everybody. I'm sorry, to record everybody individually and then, and then they just place it all in together. Uh, but the voiceover was actually, I want to say, um, this was 10 years ago, so I want to say the voiceover came maybe six months to eight months after the mocap. Oh, wow. That's a long oh, yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They wanted to um, definitely get it uh, animated and edited, and then we we came in in, uh, in the post-production and did the voice, yeah. And like I, like I mentioned uh, to you earlier before we were recording, I am the only actor in this film that did the mocap and voiceover for his character. Mm. Every other character uh, that did the mocap did not do their voiceover for their character. It was different actors. It was vo different voice yeah. actors. So I find that to be... Um, flattering <laughs> yeah absolutely that they believed in me to um to have me do the voice of jd so here we are this is with svetlana balakova president of the eastern slav republic trying to bring your tyranny to an end right <laughs> but they're all they're all in it up to their necks it's all conspiracy but yeah, just going back to Buddy was quite an interesting point. I said something we did discuss off air was um, back in 2012 when we saw the first trailer for Damnation and everyone got a look at Buddy. Um, how we lament the fact that it wasn't Art Thompson, but never mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that would have been quite it, something. Right here, that's, uh, I don't know the character's name right here. But Dave Ernest, I believe, also did his voice. Who did... Uh, I'm so sorry. Dave Ernest did his voice, but he was the mocap actor for uh, for Buddy. According uh, to the wiki, uh, David Ernest mocap mo and Buddy was voiced by Dave Wittenberg. Yeah, Dave Wittenberg voiced Buddy. Dave Ernest was the mocap actor. Yeah, but, but Dave Ernest did have a voiceover role in the film, and it was that gentleman who walked in. And started talking. I don't know the, the name of the character. Oh, right. Yeah. So, yeah. Unnamed. Yeah. Secretary. Secretary. Yep. Just, was... just a secretary. And we just had a, we had a quick glimpse there of Ada Wong. Yep. It's a Leon movie. Therefore, it, it almost has to have Ada in it. 
Although I think her this presence scene, is I, pointless. Right. <laughs> this scene right here was the actual audition. Ah. Yeah. At least for me, it was. This was my audition for JD, was this scene right here. That's quite an accent you put. <laughs> oh, believe me, I worked on it. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was. Uh, I had to come up with something that was Slavic, but at the same time, uh, I, I took the characters a little goofy, mm. uh, um, likable, lovable, um, admirable, I would hope. Um and um, give it a little hip hop flair. That's what specifically what they wanted in the audition was a Slavic hip hop persona. Wow. And again, I look nothing like JD in real life. <laughs> 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 Massive disclaimer. I do not look like him. Except for, you know, height and maybe the weight at the time and body movements, of course. It's, it's all, that's the character. That's us, you know, that's us doing the mocap. Ada Wong um, was the mocap actress, I believe her name was Jolene. Was yep. it Jolene Anderson? Jolene Anderson, that's right, yep. She did a fantastic job as the mocap actress for that. And uh, I said, oh, there's, oh, there's a mention there of um, Degeneration. Did you see that? It said yeah. Hardverville Hard Airport on the... Linking the movies together. Nice. Uh, yeah, so Jolene Anderson played as uh, she did the mocap, and then went on to be Ada Wong in Resident Evil Two Remake. So this is perhaps her audition <laughs> to an extent for that. Yeah, I guess you can say that. In terms of the timeline and whatnot, we're in 2011. Um, yep. Svetlana is trying to masquerade as bringing together a peaceful resolution for. The civil war here, but what she's actually doing is trying to use the addition of bioweapons such as the liquor and the one we'll see later as the tyrant to pin the blame on the resistance for bringing, you know, biological weapons to a battlefield. So, this is one yeah. of the reasons why Leon's brought into the conflict as well as Ada. And it's one of the great sort of mysteries that we still have 10 years later is why Ada masquerades as a BSAA agent here. They've never really explored it, have they? No. No. It's sort of one of those irrita irritating, murky things about her character still. Here, I, I find this a pretty good moment um, when you're getting familiar with JD's character is um, he, he seems a little sympathetic. You know what I mean? A little... He's a bad guy. Um, he's not a villain. He's got a likable personality to him, um, even though technically he's one of the bad guys in the movie, but hmm. is he a bad guy? Is Buddy a good guy or a bad guy? I mean, it's kind of up, up to your discretion. I mean, I thought I, they were like characters. I don't know what you guys thought. Well, I think the whole movie is... I, I, I think it's all a shade of grey, to be honest. It is, exactly. 
you know, your what resistance freedom fighters slash terrorists. <laughs> um, exactly. I have, I have you down as a terrorist on our website. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I mean, that's pretty much, yeah, no, you are correct. But at the same time, you know, Svetlana's not exactly. Okay, here's a big moment in the film where you see a turn. But not turned the way you think. Right. I can't remember whether they actually um, promoted the fact that it was the Plaga in this at first, did they? I, I, I think in the trailer we saw the... the, the did we? And that's, the, that's interesting, because that would have been quite a surprise when the first parasite turns up and you go, oh, God, it's not the, not the T-virus this time. Mm. No, but they sh- I'm sure they showed with the, 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 the blood coming out of the eyes, which I think is more... Is that more Ganard? Because these are these are Ganados, aren't they? Or Magini? The complicated factor comes with this is that it's a different type of plaga to what we've seen before. This is like a, I think John calls it a synthetic plaga. So here's a little bit of a moment of some character development and a little comic relief comes into play too. Well, a little drama right here, but then the comic relief comes in. But, um, and that's, I think what makes you like the character of JD is that he's one of the only guys in here with the comic relief aspect, Hmm. which makes you think, "Do, do I like this character? Is he a good guy? Does he have a good heart? I'm not sure whether we should change the tag, Nick, on the uh, website. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure how comfortable I am labelling these people as, you know, black and white terrorists here. I know, I know. It's, <laughs> what, yeah, it's hard. I mean, I think Freedom Fighter kind of works. What if I put... Because that leaves it open to what, it, what are they? Are they bad guys? Are they good guys? What are they? They're Freedom Fighters. Pro-independence freedom fighters. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you're in the same category as... Uh, Jason from Infinite Darkness, if you've seen the latest CGI. Okay. <laughs> the latest CGI one. He's the same sort of same sort of thing, but anyway. Remind me who does the voice of Ottoman. Uh... Uh, yeah, it's Kirk, Kirk Thornton. Oh, Kirk Thornton did the voice. Oh no, not the voice. Sorry, Robin Sachs. Robin Sachs. Okay, not familiar. Oh, wow, gosh, Robin. seriously, he's a very prolific TV actor. Robin Sachs. <laughs> yeah, is he? He's not with us anymore, sadly, is he? But oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, he's done a lot of live action stuff. A very famous reoccurring role in Buffy, I think. Interesting, okay. Oh, who did you play in Buffy? Uh, Ethan Rain. Oh. Look at this. You learn everything, learn something every day with these audio commentaries, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, he does, yeah, he does play Adam, and wow, I never knew that. 
Yeah, I ain't right, man. That's, that's totally new on me. Little character development, you see he's got a little bit of a heart. He's not that bad. He's not that bad. <laughs> I, I, I never came away from this thinking JD was a bad guy at all. Yeah. Well, that's good. The confusing thing is that in this series, we've also we've got you as JD, and then there's also DJ, which uh, another character in the... Which... Ah, okay. DJ. Now, I'm going to ask myself, or try and remember myself where he's from. I think that's Vendetta, isn't it? Isn't he part of the... Um... Oh, this test, test. I thought he was part of the BSEA. D- oh, sorry, it's DC, not DJ, sorry. Ignore DC. Oh. DC, DC, sorry. Anyway, let's continue. So this is, again, it's all very creepy. It's all... The atmosphere to this is, is, is wonderful, yeah. This is good stuff, isn't it? It's all, and it's helped by the fact that, like we said earlier, the lighting's rather exceptional. Yeah, it is. I'm I'm watching this on uh, my 4K TV, so it's being artificially boosted on my UHD player. So it's looking, it's looking pretty sharp. I have to say. Yeah. Bordering on kind of infinite darkness quality, which is, which is very good. <laughs> Look at all, oh, so yes, another thing for this is three D moments, which we we can't see because it's not in right. 3D. Oh, it would look amazing in three D. So that line right there, Mr. Chankoff, mm. is not in the script. No. Ah. That was improv. Uh, it was added, I should say, uh, at the last moment while filming. Because there was no name for that character that was killed. So, oh, did, did you come up with that name? Or did I did not. Just... It was one of the Sony executives. He's Or maybe... I think he was one of the executives, yeah. He just said, we need to add a name in there. Come on, JD. Do something, JD. <laughs> <laughs> no! So they cut... It's interesting, because they, they are... They're, they're, they are Magini, but they're kind of... They do... They've. I think they've made them look... Right, quite, quite zombie-like, but you can see that they're not. Uh. There we go. I think we definitely say JD was the goofy sidekick. Yes, which is exactly where I was taking it. Sean, dare I say that scene was somewhat inspired by a Paul Anderson movie? You can say what you like, because I wouldn't even know which one you're referring to. Where where it bursts out, where the plaga kind of comes out of the yeah, face. No. Yeah. You're talking about the one I haven't seen. 
Oh, you've not seen that? Oh, yeah, you've refused. <laughs> you've refused to see it. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's from 5, RE5, but it's quite prominent in some of Anderson's live-action mm-hmm. films, where they, ju- they just randomly have people's face go, blah! And out they go. Oh, but there we go. You survived, JD. You survived the... Survived for now, yeah. For now. You take comfort from the fact that the Plagos is, you can only, you know, you can't only be infected by another unless they mm-hmm. put it in you. It's not like, it's not like the T-virus. I have to say, I, I say it's been a while since I've watched it. I forgot how creepy they, I remember this bit, if you like. I knew it was a lot of um, creepy tension, but I thought, I thought the action started, you know, the big, all oh, the kung fu started a lot earlier. So this is a pleasant surprise. <laughs> So this is an actual prop. Uh, it's a, it was just a door. And it was in the middle of a square in a studio. And right. that's what, what we're pulling on. It's just a, like a makeshift door. And um, of course, they CGI'd everything. Because uh, if the listeners don't know much about how this is done, it, it's all shot in a tiny little room. Not a tiny room, but a, it's shot in a room, a square. You got 100 infrared cameras surrounding you. and that's that's your location. So the whole movie is literally shot in one space, one studio. You got to use your imaginations a lot. I think you can. Well, you can see it in the behind the scenes DVD. If you watch, I mean, I believe they show the as an, uh, as an actor. You've got to kind of use your. Oh yeah, as an actor, you got to use your imagination. Absolutely, absolutely, of course. It also didn't help that the director did not speak English. Ah. Oh, yes, it was... Uh... Yeah, amazing a director. He was our director on the film. Uh, the first AD had to translate. It's Camille. Yeah. Makoto Camille. Camille, yeah, great director. But uh, we, he didn't speak English, we didn't speak Japanese. So the first AD had to direct us through the director. How was that experience generally? I thought you it was know. amazing. I, just... I thought it was fun. I don't know if you guys ever saw a movie called Lost in Translation with Bill Murray that was shot in Japan. It was almost the same situation. Or <laughs> <laughs> he plays a television actor in the same deal. Yeah. The director only spoke Japanese and he couldn't understand and it all had to be translated. That's why it's called Lost in Translation. Great film, if anyone hasn't seen it. But all this stuff, this this is all the same exact location. You know, of course, on screen, it looks like we're at all these different locations. You're, you're not. You're just in a box. And all the location is CGI'd. Mm. I do wonder nowadays, you know, with the, the advent of, like, stagecraft from ILM mm-hmm. uh, for, like, the Mandalorian and stuff, they could, I wonder how that will impact CGI films. Because they all use, you know, mocap nowadays. I wonder if they're, they'll... Well, I watched somewhat. I watched a little bit of the behind the scenes of the new Batman movie. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see that. Okay, their their animation, yeah, their CGI was completely different. Um, they shot on screens and literally just filled the screens with location it, for backdrop locations. It was pretty amazing. Everything just shot on green screen. Uh, I want to say, yeah, all the locations were just. Uh, Everything. I think everything in that Batman movie was all CGI'd. 
So here we go. So this is a key moment where we've got the transferring of the plaga. There you go. This is very much in line with Resident Evil 5 as opposed to 4. Where in 4 they're only infected through spores or injection, whereas in 5, the Magini, by that point, with a Type 2 Plaga, were able to infect people like this en masse and become one of them, one of us. But this is a, a, a cultivated or synthetic Plaga that was uh, developed by um, Svetlana and her scientists. Apparently, splicing T-virus BOWs with Las Plagas proved incompatible as the virus eroded the parasite's intelligence, making it unable to generate the hive mind a link needed to communicate and give orders to other subjects. However, a BOW with very sensitive hearing, such as the liquor, is different, and the parasites communicate by ultra-high-frequency sound waves, which we'll see a bit later on. And um, we've seen, I think, in Resident Evil 4, you can see that, that communication, can't you, with the uh, the kind of dominant plaga being able to control the the subordinate ones. Well, well that I... could look, could all change in the in the remake. We'll see. But... This is a great location. Mm. This is. Oh. This is one of my favorite uh, scenes in the whole movie, actually. I think the location of the general Eastern Slav Republic is quite a good one. It's it's got a very different feel to some of the other places that we've that we've visited in RE. Here's a moment where you kind of think JD's turning into a bad guy. Leon saying this, despite the fact that he has been himself infected with the plague. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing. No. It's nothing you can do, JD. It's different. Like you say, it's a different process, though. <laughs> he could be a bit a little more sympathetic. He could be like, oh, yeah, well, about as sympathetic as performing microsurgery <laughs> with a handgun later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's buddy. What are you guys thinking? Because I, I know I knew the outcome. What are you guys thinking when you're watching this as viewers? You think uh, this is it for Leon? They're going to kill him? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Resident Evil series has ridiculous plot armors for um, the main characters. Uh -huh. uh, they've had so many opportunities now to dispatch members of the main cast. Mm -hmm. um, even doing, like, at times, the occasional fake out. And, yeah, yeah I don't think it'll ever happen, really. No, probably not. And of course, in this uh, this very movie, we see uh, uh, Leon has, um, you know, spinal <laughs> our plot armor, as well mm. as being made of whatever adamantium is it from X Men. <laughs> he's basically he's been thrown across the across the square and hit in the concrete. We'll see it later. Sean, just because you know, do you think Buddy should have been Ark? I know he looked like him a bit, but it, 
it didn't I, think, make it. I think in hindsight, in terms of like where this is set and Buddy's role in the story, it just wouldn't have worked. But I mean, he is uncannily look alike. He was. I just remember the discussion. I mean, it takes you back the discussions. Yeah. We all knew it wasn't, but we can't. We just can't help ourselves at the time. It was like it's going to be arc. It's going to be arc. Now we actually had to go through a little bit of Russian military training, believe it or not. Oh. To uh, yeah, for our characters in this film, yeah, we were trained on the proper ways um, to hold a weapon. Like how uh, I shouldn't say Russian. I take that back. Uh, Slavic, Eastern European, um, different methods. Believe it or not, of how you hold a weapon as opposed to how someone from the East would hold a weapon. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so a lot of we we had to go through a little bit of training. Oh, the, the, you you've messed with the wrong. Mess with the wrong guy. Oh, you have messed. With... It's amazing how they've changed Leon over the years. This is actually my favorite moment in the film, at, at least for myself, um, when the monologue starts for JD. Mm. Uh, I remember just rehearsing all morning. I would get up earlier than everyone else and just sit in my hotel room and just rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and because I wanted it to be perfect, even though your voice being used while you're doing the mocap, you can see it. You, you, you know what I'm saying? You can see the body language. So you need to know your, you, you need to know the, the, di- the dialogue very well. So it comes out good in your yeah. Um Yeah, I rehearsed. I would, I would always have my script on me, even when I was eating breakfast in the hotel, always have my script rehearsing. Train ride to the studio, rehearsing, script in hand at all times. Just uh, I wanted to impress. You know what I mean? I think I did because, you know, I booked the voice for JD six, seven, eight months later after the mocap. And I remember saying to them, you know, all these great voiceover actors that auditioned for JD, why, why did you pick me? And they said, you just knew the character better than everyone else. It, you, you just, you are JD, they said to me. And that was the greatest honor. It really was. And um, I think this monologue right here made a huge difference. Mm. I suppose when, you've, uh, when, you, when you get around to actually doing the voice part of the role later, because you've actually done the mocap, you have a greater insight into your mindset behind the performance. So I should say it was easier to match than maybe some voice actors would find. Well, I actually, I had to, you know, I auditioned for the character because I remember getting the, uh, the phone call that, Hey, uh, Val, we want you to audition for JD. And, um, they, like I said, they just, they said, you knew the character better than everyone else because you performed the character and nobody did JD better in the audition than you did. And I'm honored because there was some huge, huge credited voiceover actors that I went up against. So um, that was an absolute honor. Well deserved, thanks. Thank you.
but that scene that monologue too it's um it's it's great for the character too because that plays a huge part in liking jd Mm. you know what i mean um because you have to have that feeling for when his death scene comes up hope i didn't spoil it for anybody who's watching (laughs) it time but uh oh he he may as well be wearing a red shirt right (laughs) yeah i mean you got to feel for the character you know uh, uh, when he dies it's like or else you're like eh whatever who cares he's dead or you know because i've read people's um uh, reviews on jd and and his death uh, all over the internet i've been i've i've seen it and then some people said they cried when JD died. Oh. Well, he must be that, doing something right then. That's powerful. If that made that much of an impact on you that you actually cried when the character of JD dies. Here's a great fight scene. Now, if you can do that in high heels, that's impressive. <laughs> Ada, why the hell are you here? No, oh God, is it Courtney Taylor who voiced her in this? It is, yes. Yeah. yeah. So she performed this and Resident Evil Six, which was a nice bit of continuity. This has generated a bit of chat over the years, isn't it? Because yeah, um, this, that this, this Yes, <laughs> this is the only time that they've confirmed that they've uh, had a closer rendezvous post Raccoon City. Very Batman, huh? Very Batman. She's not needed in this, is she? <laughs> she's. Really... <laughs> I love Ada. I think she's. I think she's probably one of the best characters in RE. But they, they do need to do something with her. She gets cool fighting from. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She does, but it... and Svetlana's a good character. Actually, you should have. I believe Wendy Lee is the. I think wasn't there two Lees? Uh, I want to say Wendy Lee did the mocap, or did she do the voice? Uh, Melinda Lee did the mocap. Wendy Lee did the voice. Am I right about that? Sorry, it's been ten years. Yeah, uh, motion capture Melinda Lee and voice actor Wendy. Yeah. It's I never true. met the voice actors. Just the mocap actors. We all just the mocap. Yeah, because we all worked together. Uh, yeah, did did the whole feature together. We did the mocap. Um, never met the voice actors. Not even at the press. In the no. Screening. No. No. This was Matthew Mercier's second to last one. Did he, he did six, didn't he, for Leon? Yes. And that was it. 
What's it? Yeah, yeah, did he do one. Vendetta? Oh, oh, uh, no, sorry, yeah, he did Vendetta. He yeah, did Vendetta he did. as well. It's strange how the Magini are acting. It's they're making them want to look like zombies, and I, you know, they're quite bumbling and interesting choice. Now that bulletproof vest, I did have to wear one of those. Ah, just and it was that. <laughs> so that was a prop that I was wearing while filming, doing the motion capture. But I suppose it helped. Is it was it quite heavy? I assume it was quite heavy. It was quite heavy. Yeah, yeah. So, but there'll be subtle differences in you know getting up off the sh- off the floor would be different yeah. if you weren't wearing it compared that, to if you were. You need that for the character. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Oh, something's wrong. Oh, no, no. Little tummy ache. <laughs> and this did really happen. Uh, the handoff of the vest. In the mocap acting. Right. You know, for the audience that doesn't know, we're we're wearing mocap suits that have little dots, little sensors. They're like skin tight suits with with dots everywhere. That's uh, and the vest also had dots all over it because they are also animating that as well. Hmm. <laughs> That's that's a gift somewhere I think you can find. <laughs> In a lot of the future games, the mocap and the voice act that they, whether Capcom have done it for, for that for the kind of same reasons of you you've explained, you know. Um, Oh, no, they, 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 they still still mix it up, don't they, a lot of the time? No, I don't know, in more recent games you've had... Village has been, yeah, Resident Evil Village, they've both... Yeah, it's been, it's been, been the same actor doing the mocap and the and the voice acting in the more sort of it, recent... It's the... Literally it's the, in the last yeah. few years, yeah. It's the fake, they get different facial actors in... That, yeah. That's it now, to do, yeah, that was it, yeah. Yeah, to do the, to do the, be the fake... But yeah, mocap and voice. Oh, JD, we hardly knew ye. I... All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, the scene where you saw him screaming and he got shot down—that was the most difficult thing to do in a voiceover booth because what looked like a couple seconds to the audience is actually fifteen, twenty minutes. I, I take that back. Fifteen, twenty takes of scream at the top of your lungs over and over until we get the best take. I was winded. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. Exhausted. It took all the energy. I'll never forget that. It took all the energy out of me. It took my voice away. But it was well worth it. Did you just 
How's your RE four RE five knowledge, Sean? Hi. Is it a fellow? What? It's the fact that the, what they call where it bursts, where the Praga bursts out of you, isn't that? And that's called something. Else. I thought it's a, it's a fellow. Hold on, let me have a look. I'm not quite know. It's a fellow. Is the one with the long. We, we yeah, yeah, fine, fine, fine. And that to me was more in line with the um. Ganados, wasn't it? With the RE four. RE four, yeah, it was yeah. yeah. Yeah, after the after the lake bit, isn't it? As he, as he's walking out of the lake, it bursts out. Cephalo is the RE five version of that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I one is just like a big, I don't know, like millipede head thing. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Sticks out of you. I'm just trying to, it's interesting watching this back because you know we've got there's big moments in RE6 in a cathedral as well. Leon Ada there's yeah there's certainly a lot of connectivity perhaps perhaps unintentional. What visually yeah yeah RE6 has got a massive kind of moment in in a cathedral like that. Um, look, looks quite similar. It's not cathedrals that just give a nice setting. To a movie. Yeah, yeah. So this, the voice of the secretary right here is uh, Dave Ernest, who mocapped um, Buddy. So I think we're kind of treading into getting towards the the end act, isn't it? Or this is definitely what's called the third act. Yeah, in motion picture. You can see a shift in mood and story in the three act structure of a film. Hmm. Let me go back to yes, the the B, this B company. Here we go. Oh, yes. <laughs> so we can conclude from the earlier parts that um, Buddy is now infected with the Plagas. Plaga, yep. And, and is now in control and been able to use use the synthetic plaga to control the liquors through high frequency. Which is a clever thing, because we, we see it in RE4, 
and um, obviously liquors are blind creatures. So there's a there's a nice little kind of correlation there between between. I said Ada's Rollo is so weird. That's a great three D show. <laughs> yes, I want to see it in three D. <laughs> That's what makes. It. This is a cool fight sequence. Yeah. Because you're not you're not expecting it from Svetlana at all. Right. And what's good is that this is a, a little bit believable than Chris's fight in Vendetta, if you've had the uh if you've seen that. <laughs> he has a one to one pistol fight with uh, a chap called Glenn Arius, which is just the most ridiculous thing you've, you'll ever see in your life. Well, you can tell this scene here was shot for 3D. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's a shame. Uh, I still lament, lament the lack of the 3D because 3D done well mm. t- towards the end of 3D TV's life cycles was so much better. And oh, oh, I could spend hours talking about how th- and why 3D at home failed. Oh yeah, yeah, the whole room, yeah, whole room. Anyway, here we go, back in the city square. As I kind of mentioned at the beginning of the commentary, this is a bit of a first, really, seeing all this happening. Um, broad daylight, broad daylight, a proper BAWs in a war. That's the truck we saw earlier. Yes. I'm trying to remember what what, what Leon's job is. It was just to investigate, wasn't it? He kind of went off rogue though, didn't he? Because he was ordered at the beginning. He was ordered. He was like, "Get out of there!" But he carried on. A lot of off-screen destruction, though, I'll say. Mm. 
Nice little set piece here to remind you that liquors use um, hearing as opposed to sight. Mm-hmm. RE2 reference. Mm. Nope. Look how that's that obvious. <laughs> 3D shot there. It also shows from a visual point of view, you know, how they are deadly. And they should be deadly. And again, RE5, I mean, how, how many liquor beaters do you take down? Oh, yeah. Hundreds. <laughs> Hundreds, it is so pointless. But two of look at the damage two have just done, or maybe a, f a few more. But... Why would you say that? Didn't even save his life. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also a little a good as a good reminder that in their controlled state, a kind of a liquor is very much a weapon. Oh yeah, it's not. It's not really designed. You know, it's, it, whereas a zombie is a you know just a walking corpse. That just wants to feed and liquor doesn't. Well, I suppose they do at times as well. They do want to feed, but they eat. Are you too? Do they eat you? I think they do. What happens here? Does she escape? Yeah. Hmm. Clever. Oh, that's handy. Because <laughs> the liquor's a bit, a bit like the hunters. You know, they're they're not designed to spread the virus per se. Mm -hmm. They're de they're designed just to take out people. They're walking weapons. They yeah. You know, where a hunter or a liquor will just slice you to death or whatnot. It may cause an infection, especially with the liquor, I suppose, with its tongue, if it's going to use that as a weapon and it infects you otherwise. But it's not always designed to, you know, to do that, whereas a zombie would inadvertently. Ada Wong is like Catwoman. She, <laughs> she really is. I think by this game, though, we're all we're all quite wishing to know what Ada's intentions were in the game. You know, in the, in the whole story. Well, by this point in 
in you know the real life timeline we knew that she was going to have a major role in six and i think the news had broken by this point that she had her own campaign yep you know playable campaigns of course everyone was thinking this is it you know we're going to learn learn everything there is to know about her and uh yeah <laughs> and no, we're in exactly the same. Well, there's not been anything new on her since chronologically since this. Well, since yeah, since RE6. In fact, Leon always seems to. Surround himself with people doing shady things, even his own, you know, employers. Who's he shooting? Leon. Leon. This reminds me of the Infinite Darkness a uh, BOW room, Sean. With all the With all the people, with all the all the BOW soldiers. A 3D knee cap. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> For these specific sections, then uh, Val, would they have actually got like martial artists to do all the mocap? Because I can't imagine all of the motion capture actors are prolific in martial arts no. and things like that. No, cap actors were doing anything that would have harmed them or injured them, any kind of stunts or anything like that. They actually had doubles. The that, moment earlier where um, JD's lifted and thrown into the uh, cabinet was that you, or did uh, did you get a? That, that was, was excellent. Yeah, no, that was a double. <laughs> could could you have done it if you wanted to? Ten years ago, I probably could have. <laughs> Forty-five. Well, they've let you. Do it. What's that? If if you had said, oh, oh, I'm happy to do it," do you think they would have said, I, "Yeah, absolutely, I would have done it." I mean, we we took little bumps. You know, they had pads all around. You know, we we did little bumps. But if it came down to any fight scenes or anything, that they definitely had martial arts uh, doubles that came in for that. Is the liquor dead? <gasps> 
don't touch it. Ah! Might be dead now. <laughs> Surprise! Give him CPR, see if he's dead. <laughs> see, this is, yeah, so this is, this is a bit more in line with Resident Evil 5, I suppose. Oh, no, oh, they do eat. There you go. And there's Buddy. Yeah, buddy. So, I don't think... Do we actually see zombies then? We should do that. He should become a zombie now, that person who just got eaten his face off. Anyway. There are no zombies in this, no. They're not, but they could have been. <laughs> they could. <laughs> that could have oh man I want to see this in 3D it's so over the top 3D it's a bit like afterlife I mean Leon is so close there to being infected but any of that blood had gotten in his eye or in his mouth yeah could have <laughs> No. Don't drink. Never have, never will. Is that what he said? Yeah, I mean this film. This film took degeneration and really raised the stakes a bit, didn't it? <laughs> degeneration is quite slow by comparison. Well, this met your expectations, then. Damnation. I'm not a big fan of Ari when it does too much CG, um, too much action. I personally, I prefer the slower pace, but that's for the games. Mm -hmm. Um. What's interesting, the way Resident Evil Village has ended, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but mm. um, the way Village has ended is basically Chris going, right, we're going to go take down the BSAA. Not that they're the baddies, but that's how it's ended. And there's been a you know, chat in our kind of Discord about, you know, do we actually want to see that in Resident Evil 9? And uh, you know, a lot of people say, actually, it may be better suited to something like this. Yeah, I think yeah, I think this absolutely delivers on the action. Yeah, and it certainly will in a few moments. <laughs> yes, all that. I don't think this film disappointed many. To be honest with you, um, from all the reviews I've read, this is a mm. likable film for everyone. I, I didn't see I didn't see too many bad reviews. I should say. No, and I think is. I think it's very, it's very specific, but I think this is the only RE movie that has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's oh, it, right? Yeah, it's very specific because there's not been that many reviews of it, but each one <laughs> positive. So that you know, that's something. It's it's an accolade. Yeah.
So this is when she really shows her hand a little bit with... We still... I think it's also a bit of a mystery as to who this tyrant was developed by. Because I think in the Organisms of War, it is a joint project between uh, Eastern Slav Republic and someone else. The organisation. Yeah, I, I think that is still a still a mystery. Oh, yeah, but man. Is... Oh, so good! <laughs> this, is, this is the best best representation of a tyrant in the entire series. This is... They, they just are the embodiment of unstoppable. Like, if, if one of these was in front of you, you just you, it's game over. You've got no chance. Even Buddy tries his best, doesn't he? I mean, just look at this. <laughs> and this is how a tyrant should be. It's just the sheer weight and the way they move as well. The, the way they're running builds up momentum and just incredible. Really well done. And it's clever because, I mean, they've made them like huge, aren't they? They're like taller than Lady Dimitrescu or whatnot. And I don't remember what the original statistic is, but they're enormous. About three and a half meters tall or something. Yeah. And there's two of them, just for fun. Almost like, it's almost like, uh, remember Pinhead from uh, Hellraiser? Yeah. It's almost like kind of similar to a huge Pinhead. But it's a, it's, again, it's clever though, because you're, the yeah. effect that you're feeling now is basically the effect that you felt playing Resident Evil 2 with that tyrant. But you can't you can't possibly replicate that with the same almost proportions because it's a game. It's a completely different right. media environment, if you like. So you could be cynical and say, "Oh, they've just made the tyrant bigger." But in doing so, they've they've kind of replicated how you felt as a gamer, but just on you know in that big kind of bigger screen environment and the sh- the sheer power of these things, you know. You know, I think this is one of the reasons why I get a bit disappointed that they've tried to humanise them a little bit more mm. by, you know, making them wear hats and making their faces more, you know, I want to say more human-like as opposed to the emotionless Terminator you see here. Yeah, but I think in doing that, they've taken quite a lot away of what make you know what gives them their identity. This is the last mm. tyrant as well, chronolo- chronologically. Yeah, it is, yeah. Even with like Ustanak, which is the kind of like successor in RE6, it's not the same, is it? No one, ca- no one gave a shit <laughs> about Ustanak. Well, this is the dramatic finale, right? That makes the uh, question the audience: uh, What happens? Who, mm. who survives? How do you kill something like this? It's just a reminder, like, you know, I know Nemesis uses the rocket launcher, but, you know, by the time you get to RE6, you've got the Ushtanak and whatnot, they're using mini guns and jumping off helicopters, and it's all so ridiculous. This is just a big tyrant running at you with sheer power, and it does more in this 20 minutes than the entire of Jake's campaign. Yeah, 
there's been some tyrants since, kind of, but not not official tyrants. As in, this is a particular product that's been built. So in Revelations two, you get uh, Neil Fisher. Neil Fisher's mutation is quite tyrant like. Yeah, they're like unofficial variants, aren't they? Yeah, and Jason has a. I think it's been dubbed in our Discord the asparagus tyrant because he does look a bit like an asparagus. <laughs> but <laughs> this is the this is the last it's uh, the last tyrant that's ever, that was ever made so far. I mean, I I think it would have been 2011. Um, yeah, it's still a bit of a mystery as to who it was, but I suppose all the combat data was on the was available to whoever. Was there any um, props or anything you were able to keep? Val, do you have any keepsakes <laughs> or memorabilia? Uh, the original script. Oh, wow. Well, that's neat. Is amazing. You can actually see that on my Instagram page. Uh, I've, re- I've released photos of the actual pages in the script. So you have them written in Japanese on the left side of the page and then English on the right side of the page. I thought that was so cool and uh it's it's like uh the script is like a little book like a little booklet and it's Interesting. Uh, my best it's th- it's a great souvenir and um i have it preserved so there's no fingerprints on it no one's touched it it's my pride and joy no absolutely fantastic yeah, if anyone wants to check that out, they can do on um, Val's Instagram, which is the underscore Val underscore Tasso. That is correct. Do you think Leon is helping Buddy because he does look like his best friend, Ark? Do you think? You've got to let that go, Nick. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> You've really got to let it go. It's, it's, it's ten years under the bridge now. <laughs> Ed Cannon until says otherwise. Oh yeah, she's got her. She's got the scar, isn't she, on the back? Burns. Here we go. These turrets are so cool. It's all gratuitous nonsense, but we'll go for it. Absolutely, we'll go for it. (laughs) They just make, they just uh, tear these liquors apart like they're paper. So I, th- I just think this but this whole bit is, is filmed, the direction, you know, the screen. You note it, if you look at the screen, it, it vibrates as well, just to add to that, that pending threat. Oh, it's a I like to say, they've, never, they've never been represented better. No. TO13. 
this is pro I'm gonna go on a limb and say this is probably the most watched clip of any RE either CGI or live action perhaps on YouTube. I think people just love this bit. Leon's done his homework as well because the first thing he goes to is rocket launcher. Which is a uh, it's like he's been reading up a game guide. He has got it in first class. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this is a bit out like the old RE2 comics, isn't it? Where you've got B.O.W. on B.O.W. Oh, this is so ridiculous, but it's great. How long is a liquor's tongue? <laughs> as, as, long, as long as it needs to be. As long as the plot needs it to be, yeah. yeah. Well, if we be, we've been playing Operation Raccoon City, is as as long as a twenty foot. Boom, boom. No weapons. No miniguns. No flamethrowers. No stupid. Just power. I miss tyrants. I think we all knew, though, that just because you've done that, we all thought, oh. But Leon knows it too, which is why he brings the rocket launcher. Hmm. Because I think that, I can't remember how quiet they kept the tyrants. Power limiter removed. This is a lovely homage to RE2. The music's great as well. Yeah. It kind of actually looks a bit more like the uh, Code Veronica tyrant. <laughs> Catches the rocket. <laughs> oh, there we go, Leon. Look, look at you. Now that would kill you. Like when that's happened to a liquor, they've exploded in a shower of gore. The human spine is a remarkable thing. Yeah. Yeah, it does look a bit like the old Coveronica one, doesn't it? Kind of a mixture. Uh, well done, buddy. This is like the Velociraptors with the Indominus Rex, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. It's a good comparison, actually. <laughs> 
completely on. There's no way you'll be able to walk, stand, let alone walk after <laughs> cracking into the side of a. It's just the Americans coming. No. No, not yet. No. <laughs> yeah, buddy. All right, everybody. Yeah. Nick. <laughs> <laughs> it, I well, wouldn't put it past them. Because <laughs> the America, I think the Americans and the Russians are invading at the same time. Can't remember if you see any. I think he's a very clever tone, isn't he? He's very good. You have to try harder than that. And that's how you defeat a monster tyrant. Absolutely. Shoot it in the head. Oh, Leon, he's just saved your life. Oh, dear. <laughs> just when you thought it was over. Two more. There's th yeah, three in total. Yeah. Uh, according to Batman, these are TO16. And TO8. So batch numbers 8 and 16. We have 8, 13, and 16. There you go. But there is no official tyrant number for them.
Funny old plan she had, wasn't it? It was a, a ridiculous <laughs> to show that she was capable of destroying the resistance that she helped orchestrate put um BOWs in so she could uh yeah, so strange. Typical RE nonsense really, isn't it? But <laughs> Manufacturing a situation, we see it. Revelations do the same, don't they? And but what was what was Ada's? Oh, it's going to baffle. It's going to annoy me now. Point of Ada. Like I said, I don't think it's ever been explained. There's not been even any like supplement material. It hasn't. So if she she was working, well, she claims she wasn't, but claimed working for the BSAA to help put to show that the resistance were using BOWs, something that she would uh, just to get her on her side, I suppose. And the thing is, her using. Her name in association with the BSAA makes it even more confusing that Chris doesn't recognise the name in six. Yeah. Who? <laughs> Ada Wahoo. Leon gives it a good go here. Yeah. He does. <laughs> We've all been there, Leon. We've run out of ammo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've get got a left knife. A knife against a tyrant. <laughs> yeah. We don't get airstrikes, though. <laughs> that was handy. Yeah, is that a power we can call upon in the next game? I don't know. <laughs> That's the Americans, here they come. There you go, tyrants killed. <laughs> Mental note next time. <laughs> Uh, so it's the, yeah, so this is joint American and Russian coming in, securely the Russian flag that secure the area, and then Svetlana's plan has failed. I think she's arrested. 
Well, it's our own fault, really. It was a stupid plan. Okay, an extraordinary piece of biology here. In some ways, you made it to the end with the flask. The he flask, uh, important piece of uh, material in the movie. Object, yeah. I should say. I noticed in a couple of the behind-the-scenes photos, it was represented by what looks like a foam pad or something. You know, I don't recall what it was exactly, yeah. You said, what was it? A uh, photo of what? It looks like a foam pad or something that you've got where the yeah. hip flask would be. Yeah. Poor old buddy. That's it, isn't it? Even though, despite the sort of questionable nature, you still come away with sympathy mm. for these characters. Well, they've all been screwed over. You know, yeah. He's not—he's not that much different from Leon. Um, he Leon questions later why he wasn't told about everything, and you know, he's been—he's been—he's been having that conversation what since Infinite Darkness, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, they definitely sowed the seeds of that here. Obviously, RE6 shows it quite well. But then, but, yeah, he kind of. With Benford wanting to reveal the truth and. It's a good performance by Matthew Mercier as well. It's all around. It's such an improvement on Leon from Degeneration. They made him so... The script for him, they just made him so wooden. Especially when it's got Claire in it as well. It's, it's also Paul Mercier. Paul Mercier. Paul, Paul, yeah. Oh, I don't blame the voice. The voice, he, he, he did a fine job. It's just the script is so... Oh, Leon. Too bad. So the script is way better in Damnation than Degeneration. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It gives him something to do. I mean, is it you, in Degeneration, it's Claire and Leon, that you know, the classic combo. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, they talk as if they've never spoken before. Right. It's obscene. And this, is, this is Leon's descent into the bottle beginning. Yeah.
Oh, what president's that? Is that? Looks like Harrison Ford. Yeah, I was just going to say. Indiana Jones. Right, Indiana Jones is president. It'll either be Graham or Benford whenever the changeover is. Yes. Could have been an early President Graham there. Early design, I mean, obviously. But yeah, this is the first steps of Leon being a lot more jaded and cynical. Oh. And the post credit scene that's worth pointing out is not in the novel, as, as Batman points out very often. It, I think it's clearly obvious this is supposed to be Simmons from Resident Evil 6, but as he's pointed out quite a few times, it doesn't make a great deal of sense. Um, and the fact that the scene is not in the novel implies yeah. that this was potentially something added very late. Actually, Val, Val, you might be able to see, is this in your script, or is your script purely for you? No, it's the full-length script from beginning to end. Um, yeah, no, that's in the script. That is in the script? Mm-hmm. Interesting. The, the, re- the, the reason why it brought up a lot of debate is because... Oh, we're getting the credits now. We'll wait for you to come up. There we are. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, re- the reason why... It, I said this was, as Sean says, this was kind of dealt, uh, you know, discussed as being a lead into RE6. Mm-hmm. And that's fine because that is implied to be the baddie from Resident Evil 6. And you go, oh, okay. And I think. Oh, okay. Another scene. A little bit of a cliffhanger. It's not over. Mm. I forgot about this. Actually, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's the flask. Oh, yes, yes. A nice little heartwarming. Yeah. Slightly bittersweet, but, you know, he's still with us. He's still with us. I'm afraid he's joining the cast of other... CGI characters that can't be in any games for legal reasons. Could they have let JD lived in this? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) His fate was sealed. Um, No, so I was saying, yeah, so in RE6, you've got this character called Simmons who works in the US government, who's the baddie, and very much supposed to. This is suggestive that it's supposed to have been him. Um. It doesn't work at all. Right. Oh, look, there you go. So there's some clips of RE6 in the credits. Yeah. Ah. Um, doesn't work at all. It can't work for the storyline. It doesn't work at all. And, and there, there, there is a, an official novelization of, the, of, of Damnation that came out in Japan only, uh, which I think is... Oh, I think it's interesting that you mentioned about the script because it's always been assumed that it's based on the script. Um, and then perhaps added to, and it's not it. And that that scene with Ada talking to her employer at that point wasn't in wasn't in the novel. But it's interesting you say it is in the script. Interesting. They stay pretty loyal to the script. Uh, it's very rare 
anything was added or like I said, those couple little characters might have uh like uh what did I say with JD when he said uh his teacher or something. They they added the character name at the last second, not that right. anybody actually would, probably would have even caught that if he didn't mention the character name. But he, he could have just said my teacher. He didn't have to say Mr. Chanko. They, yeah, they, they're pretty on point in the script, word for word, yeah. So that, that zipped along. It was a, that was a, a fairly rapid one hour, 40 minutes. It was, it was. I, I think it's testament. It's, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it quite a lot. Yeah, Final thoughts. <laughs> Ten years on, um, it holds up very well. Holds up uh, very well. Holds up very well for ten years, and yeah. I, I, if the fans are still loving it ten years later, then we did our job. Mm. Well, as, as I said, I think history suggests it, it, it has a lot of fondness compared... The problem is that the uh, Vendetta, which is the one afterwards, is... Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's hated because that's not fair, but that's got issues. That has a lot of issues. Does Vendetta? Uh, whereas this is a lot more. You know, you can see the 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 direction that they were going for, and they've kind of nailed it as to what they wanted to show, what storyline they wanted to tell. Um, you know, very visual, visually impressive in that sense. Vendetta is all over the place. Yeah, I also appreciate how self-contained this one is as well. It tells its own little story. It's not trying, you know, it's not tripping over itself to tie into everything and include Easter eggs everywhere. I mean, the only thing that is debatably a little bit like that is Ada, mm. but that's fine. Her appearance in this is good enough. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's just a neat little self-contained story. The series could do probably more of sometimes. Well, I did, this was the phase of very much a lot of self-contained storylines, wasn't it? We, I mean, RE6 is quite self-contained to an extent. But we now... I, I think now, though, with, with that information that we've had from Alex about why, um, you know, why these things happen... I mean, another example, Val, is that in Degeneration, the, the main female character in that, Angela... I mean, she may as well have been in RE6. Um, the, the the main female lead in RE6 is a, a new character called Helena Harper. Well, they look identical, and they're voiced by the same voice actress. <laughs> okay. um, but uh, that that should have been that should have been the clue. And everyone's like, "Why isn't this just Angela from Degeneration?" Right. And it's it's when you know he put it. To, you know when we were finally told, "Oh, it." For some reason, despite this being a Capcom thing, it is for legal reasons that they can't. Right. Um, so, but that 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 means a lot of these films do feel very self-contained, even though they're quite big in terms of their story narratives. So, in Vendetta, the whole of New York is taken over by zombies. You know, it's n- never mentioned again. Right. <laughs> like everyone's like, do you remember the Raccoon City incident? Yeah, yeah. What about New York? No, no, no. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's madness at times. But you're right, Sean. This is it is it's a nice self-contained storyline. It doesn't create yeah. too many headaches with that sense. Whereas I think Vendetta does because of this the scale they went for with it. There no. we go. Well, that was a great film, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for tagging along with us. Absolutely, and the insight and the you know it's been fascinating. It really has sort of 
an insight on this kind of level. So I really appreciate the time you've taken for us yeah. today. I hope it helped out with the with the fans and everyone that was listening. If hope I answered their questions on anything that they could have been wondering about. Um, like I said, I can talk for hours about it, and there, there's just so much to talk about. But uh, I'd like to leave you with a little bit of a quote from JD. Go for it. My favorite line in the movie. Okay, you guys ready? <clears throat> what I mean is, being in America is a hell of a lot more fun than being here, right? <laughs> and the fried chicken. The food in your country is fantastic. I could eat it every day. I hope it still sounds the same 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, that was spot on. That was spot on. Thank you so much. Sensational, yeah. sensational. What a way to end. What a way to end. But um, just a reminder, yeah, as, as Sean said earlier, feel free to follow Val on Instagram. Um, uh, so the underscore Val underscore Tasso, T-A-S-S-O. Uh, you can keep track of all his developments. But, yeah. Uh, I'll take this opportunity to say thank you. So thank you very much for joining. Goodbye from me, Neptune. Goodbye from me, Star Tyrant. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.